I was doubting whether we should speak about this topic, but I felt it was necessary to make some things clear in a topic that is quite, can seem quite scary and deep and a lot of fear associated with that. A lot of, because it has been used as a way to promote religion, the, the concept of hell and going to hell. And if you don't do this, you're going to go to hell. <laughs> yeah, it's a complete contradiction. On the one hand, the philosophy is God loves you. Yeah. You're his child, etc. He's your father. And on the other side, he creates a situation where if you don't do what he wants you to do, or you sin or go against his will, then he makes it so you burn eternally. Yeah. You know, you suffer eternally. Yeah. No forgiveness, no nothing, just damn you, and that's it. <laughs> We're doubting, but here we are just releasing this episode and hoping that you will appreciate this information just like I did. So my name is Ruben and you have tuned into the Breaking Trail podcast with me and my friend and teacher, Balakia. This is where you can learn to really navigate life's journey through ancient wisdom that we share, discuss and uh, try to inspire you with. So we're very, very happy to, to have you along for this topic, and we're just going to dive right into it. So get prepared, everyone is listening. We're going to go to hell today. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take a journey to hell. <laughs> oh, wait, I need you know, to... There's a, there's a place in Poland, a little town on the beach near... Dansk, and the name is hell. Oh. <laughs> That's the name of that place, it's hell. So you can say, where are you going? I'm going to hell. <laughs> That's uh, right outside Trondheim, there's, there's a hell as well. Oh, really? Yes, oh. Uh, right by the airport, and it's, and it's very, f on the train, there's a train station going by, and, and in Norwegian, this would mean like the expedition of goods in in hell but the sign says god's expedition in hell <laughs> if you <laughs> almost if you re if you know because that's god's expedition in hell <laughs> that is god's expedition in hell <laughs> okay what did right. <laughs> yeah so here yeah. we are back on a saturday live at the breaking trail podcast we're not exactly live right now Oh, oh, we're still dead. We're, well, <laughs> I, we're, we're gonna go live. We're I'm, we're gonna do live. We usually do lives on Saturday, but I didn't have so much time to prepare. So, but I still wanted to do it on this Saturday. Uh, actually, we could actually we we could we could go live just for an for fun, <laughs> for an extra. I don't care. It's up to you, man. <laughs> I'm just sitting here, whether it's live or not. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. But yeah. tell Christian to put some more wood on the fire. It's looking pretty weak. Christian? Can you lägga mer eld på elden? Can you lägga mer vent på elden? Yeah, you better fill it, fill it up so it can last for some minutes. <laughs> for a minute, yeah. For a minute. <laughs> oh, please. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
okay. Okay, so yeah, are we live now? We are live. Let's say we're live. We are live recording. <laughs> okay, but, thanks but I, for joining the Breaking Trail podcast. Yeah. Live from Tromsø and Kazakhstan. <laughs> yeah. From all over. From all over. <laughs> and um yeah, we uh <laughs> we just uh I was doubting whether we should speak about this topic, but I felt it was necessary to make some things clear, clear in a topic that is quite can seem quite scary and deep and a lot of fear associated with that a lot of because it has been used as a way to promote religion the the concept of hell and going to hell and if you don't do this you're gonna go to hell <laughs> has been used a lot in a sort of a fear-based way i guess in religious contexts to to make people do what the authorities want them to do or the church wants them to do yeah right fear is a, is a motivating factor somebody wants to control somebody or get them to do what they want them to do and just create a big fear situation so it's been used in religion of course a lot and also just in general you know different control by governments or groups of people who want to control other people and still fear in them and you can control them so yeah yeah but in religion, it's more, you know, directed toward this hell concept, isn't it? Mm. Heaven and hell and do good things and you go to heaven in the afterlife and do bad yeah. things and you go to hell. And, but, but the idea is that there is there's a truth behind it. It's just misinterpreted a lot. So that's what we wanted to clear, clear today and, and get a proper understanding of that. Of right, hell. right. So, That's why we... yeah, when you think of heaven, you think of a place where it's nice and peaceful and a lot of pleasure and sensual <laughs> enjoyment and, you know, what you like. You know, you can, you can have a wonderful experience in heaven. Yeah. And hell is the opposite of that, where it's, you know, suffering and torture and pain and you know, just undesirable in every way. Yeah. And that's the the two opposites. That's the polar opposites of, you know, life. Yeah. Heaven, enjoy, enjoy, wonderful, beautiful, health, suffer, 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 suffer. pain, misery, hardship. <laughs> and again, like you say, there is some true basis in this. You know, we're going to talk about that, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Another. But here's the the concept that you get from the Christian version. Yeah. Or just to say, most religious versions of heaven and hell. Yeah. It's an eternal situation. Right. Heaven is eternal and hell is eternal. Yeah. Meaning, if you go to hell... It's eternal suffering. It's it's like forever and ever. There is no end to it. Exactly. And of course, they've spiced it up with the idea of fire. 
you know, because, you know, one of the things that you would suffer the most from is burning. Nobody would like to burn up. But the difference is in a material situation, you, you're in a house, it burns up, and it's over quite quickly. But in hell, it's never over. You're burning and burning and burning and continue to burn. <laughs> and also it's described as a lake, like a lake of fire. And you're thrown into this lake of fire, and it's full of other people screaming and suffering and and you you there's no there's no out there's no solution it's just exactly it that's the end of the story exactly so did, did, did were you present how was because I, both me and you have been exposed to christianity in our earlier life were you how, how did you how, how was how were you presented just like i was describing. just like this yeah That's the version that you get. I mean, you know, and so a lot of people are good Christians because they don't want to go there, you know? Yeah. God-fearing people. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and of yeah. course, there's got to be a an administrator in hell, so that's the devil. Yeah. You know, he's the, the guy who's red and little horns and a pointy tail and yeah. the pitchfork and he's stirring the soup. <laughs> I mean, but he comes out, so he doesn't just stay there all the time. He comes out and tries to grab you and take you there. Yeah. You know, he's your he's your constant enemy who's always just waiting to you are encouraging you to do the things that would make it so God wouldn't let you go to heaven, but you know, you would go to hell. Yeah. So it's it's this this power struggle presented. Yeah. This power struggle where this this the soul is the object that's being fought for and the two players are God and the devil. Yeah. And so you know, if if a lot of people go to hell, if that lake of fire is full of people then it means God lost the battle a lot of times. Yeah, right, you know? right, right. I want you to come to heaven. No, I want you to come to hell and right, God loses. Right. So the whole concept is just against, you know, the truth. It's not how it is. Yeah. That means God is not in control. He is con to a point, but then there's another personality that's equally as strong and, and oftentimes stronger, yeah. defeats God. If God loves us and wants us to go to heaven, but the devil comes along and defeats God and takes us to hell, then God's not God because God needs number one in all categories. So yeah. That concept doesn't make sense, really. Yeah. And then there's another version that we've heard that God sends us to hell. You see, that God creates heaven and he creates hell And he sends the sinners there, yep. the ones who don't obey him and they don't do what he said. They they go against his will. So out of whether it's anger or just punishment or however, he sends them to hell. That's another version. 
that's and they kind of mix the two up you know it's not like just cut and dried this is one philosophy and this is this kind of a mixture of the two i think i i, I think i was more exposed to, i wasn't so exposed to the devil concept that much but uh, but the other aspect that god you 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 came to heaven and he looked at your actions and then he made a decision where where he was gonna <laughs> what he was gonna do with you but this was yeah. uh, the, the 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 point is why this feels so close to my heart <laughs> in it in it it might sound strange but this was really the start of my spiritual quest or one important stepping stone in my spiritual quest i was uh, i'd been following christianity since i was 15 and 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 following that teaching i was i was really liking the the community and the teachings about jesus and and and, and a lot of things about it but and then i went to new zealand three four years later and had a, a christian surf camp <laughs> that, that's the one that's the one time i've done wave surfing by the way <laughs> well, like, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah was it in piha what where was it in piha no it was close it was i think it was close to masterton yeah it was east of masterton and i can't remember what it was anyway, called i used to that used doesn't matter yeah i used to drive my i used to bike there like 80, 80 kilometers east of Macedon on the North Island, south part of the North Island. Castle Point. Yeah, that's what it was called, uh, Castle uh, Point. And anyway, great, great surf. Completely amazing. It was so fun. But we and in the evenings we had discussions about Christianity and the teachings of Jesus. And 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 I remember this one evening, it, it had bothered me for a long time, the concept of being God uh, throwing us to, into, into hell and... Uh, and I, that didn't make sense to me that we would suffer there forever and that would be somehow unconditional love that those two didn't match together love and being thrown into that condition forever so that was when i just said because i didn't get a good reply i didn't get any satisfactory reply which i hope that we will be able to give people today if anyone is in this situation that i was or any other you know similar but so so i so i eventually went back to Sweden. I, I buried my cross underneath a rock and I just said, that's it. I, I, I cannot follow this <laughs> teaching anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a complete contradiction. On the one hand, the philosophy is God loves you. Yeah. You're his child, etc. He's your father. And on the other side, he creates a situation where if you don't do what he wants you to do, or you sin or go against his will, then he makes it so you burn eternally. Yeah. You know, you suffer eternally. Yeah. And uh, how is that? Yeah, how is that, that, free that will? also didn't make sense to me. Yeah. You know? mm. it, it just didn't compute. Yeah. I'm even a, a material father gives his son many, many chances. Yeah. You know, the son does something against his will. <laughs> He said, don't do that again or this will happen. Yeah. And the kid does it. Okay, this is the last time. If you do it again, this is going to happen. <laughs> and he does it again and he forgives him again. Yeah. And he's always waiting for him to do the right thing. You know, he would never condemn his... This is just a material father without yeah. unconditional love. Yeah, yeah. 
So why would the, the, the greatest original supreme loving father create a situation that is so contrary to love? No. You know? No forgiveness, no nothing, just damn you and that's it. <laughs> you, you had your chances and, and it's it's over. <laughs> yeah. And you got one lifetime exactly. to get it right or get it wrong. Exactly. You know, you don't have like, you know, a lot of leeway here. Okay, this is it. You've got X number of years and you don't know how many years that is. And if well, you're not getting doing what you should do and live a good life and on then you that's it suffering eternally and isn't that linked to the christian original idea that was a part of christianity of where you accepted the spirit soul's transmigration through different lives that we actually reincarnate we are eternal and we take different um, forms we, we accept different bodies after this body i will go to a different body and but people when they learned that they would they just thought it didn't matter what they did in this life because they were gonna come back anyway and there was no consequence and then they needed somehow to make a consequence for people and then this hell thing came up i don't know yeah no that's that's right because the Maybe early yeah. christian yeah. founding fathers were you know more in tune with the truth and, and, you know, just as it really is. And then, like you say, it became too easy for people to scapegoat out of that. And <laughs> just, uh, they had to do something to make it so they had to get serious now, join yeah, the church, yeah, yeah. be a good Christian, follow us. And yeah. so therefore they created this one lifetime concept. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which again, if you if you have any kind of logical vision of it, it doesn't make sense as well. Yeah, you know that this is this. Why would God create this? He's the perfect personality to create a perfect situation for His child. No matter how bad the child may be, there would still be an opportunity to to you know come home to actually have that eternal life of enjoyment. Yeah. But he didn't do that. He created this one life. So anyway, the whole thing is. So let's let's go now to what the reality is. Exactly, I was going to say. I, I was going to say. So, I do. Yeah. Uh, I I think maybe we can start with. Maybe we can start with. Maybe we can start with. Uh, from Bhagavad Gita, chapter sixteen. Uh, this is a chapter that describes the uh, the um, demoniac qualities, and that those are qualities that are leading to to hell, in a sense, or, or non desirable uh, qualities. Um, and um, let's see. No, let let's start with this one. Actually, before we take that, this will make more sense. This is a Vedic hymn. Uh, the Lord engages the living entity in pious activities, so he may be elevated. The Lord, the Lord engages him in um, impious activities, so he may go to hell. The living entity is co completely dependent in his distress and happiness. By the Supreme, he can go to heaven or hell, as a cloud is driven by the air. And then Bhaktivedanta Swami talks about this in a short purport. He says... 
Desire is a subtle form of conditioning of the living entity. The Lord fulfills his desire as he deserves. Man proposes and God disposes. The individual is not, therefore, omnipotent in fulfilling his desires. The Lord, however, can fulfill all desires, and the Lord, being neutral to everyone, does not interfere with the desires of the minute, independent, living entities. That's a good starting point. It's starting with our desire. <laughs> That's what it's based on. <laughs> that is what's leading us to... Mm -hmm. Yeah, because... You know, like we're always referring to the Vedic scriptures, and it describes all these activities, which are pious activities. Mm. And it's certainly recommended you should follow these teachings, and then you will be rewarded with a pleasant life, so to speak. Good karma, good things will come to you. But if you don't choose that, then you will engage in non-scriptural authorized activities, which will be impious activities, and there will be a result from that. And that will be the suffering, and as, you know, we want to say suffering equates to hell, then, yeah. So the desire is, what, what do I want, you know? What do I want? Do I want to act independently and, you know, have to suffer my independent Results, or do I want to be more in cooperation and harmony with the will of the Supreme? And the result will be very favorable. But maybe we could, maybe you could describe a little bit of the so the Vedic viewpoint of so so what is hell? Then we now have understood and seen the Christian view of hell and how it's been used. So so what's the truth behind this? And well, how would you describe? Oh hell? yeah. Srimad, well, if you want to describe it, it's suffering, you know. <laughs> yeah. No matter which version you look at, it's suffering. <laughs> and that's, but yeah. let's, let's, maybe it's a good time to describe the, 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 the arrangement, let's say, the, the way the material world is created. Mm. And so there's many universes. We've talked about this before, but let's just talk about one universe. We are in one universe. Each universe is basically the same. Some are larger, some are smaller, but the general layout is, is the same. Mm -hmm. So in our universe, there are three different divisions of planets. And planets, we're on Earth planet, these are the the places where the living entities live. Mm -hmm. And it's described very clearly in, in the Srimad Bhagavatam that there's life on every planet. See, unlike the modern scientists are basically saying, well, we don't know, but probably many can't support life, and Earth is, you know, the most inhabited planet, whatever. Anyway, don't want to get in that. No. But anyway, there's life on every planet. And there's three divisions. There's higher heavenly planets, intermediate planets, and lower hellish planets. And so it's kind of self-descriptive. You know, higher heavenly planets. This is a group of planets where life is heavenly. 
you know, celestial pleasures. And it goes into great detail of describing those pleasures, mm. you know, where material life on those planets is enjoyable beyond anything we can even imagine mm. with our material experience on earth planet. Okay, and there's divisions of that. All you know, there's not all the same on all the heavenly planets. There's higher and lower situations in the different heavenly planets. Uh, yeah. And then there's the intermediate planets where life is not so good, not so bad. You know, kind of come see, come saw. And Earth is in that category. Mm -hmm. It's not so good, but it's not so bad. And then there's the lower hellish planets where life is quite bad. I mean, the distress, the suffering, you know, the difficulties, the turmoil, the pain is intense. Mm. And again, there's gradations in, in that, that category too. So the highest planet is known as Brahma Loka. This is where Brahma lives, Lord Brahma, the creator of the universe. He's, you know, the architect, so to speak, he's, he's well, he, he's the engineer more than the architect. <laughs> God's the architect. Okay, here's the plan. He's the engineer that puts it together. <laughs> so anyway, Lord Brahma's planet is the topmost planet in the universe. And obviously life is the best there, you know, all conditions. And then, like I say, there's different levels, you know, Siddhaloka, you know, and all kind of different lokas, and each one is different, the, the planet of Lord Indra and so on. This is kind of complicated, but it's just the way it's set out. And, and, and then depending on your desires, you take birth in different planets kind of thing? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell yeah. about that. Yeah. And then there's the middle Earth planet. It's kind of like the junction between the two. It's the top planet in the lower seven. If there's seven lower and seven higher, Earth planet is the the top of the lower seven. Okay. <laughs> and then above Earth planet, it begins to get more and more heavenly conditions. And then as it goes down lower and lower, the suffering conditions increase. To the last planet is Patala Loka. This is the bottom planet where the suffering is the most intense. And as you go up, you know, there's more light, there's more everything. And as you go down, it's more darkness, more, you know, dank and whatever. So as I, as I kind of mentioned, earth is the junction. So you own earth, you perform your activities and you get your results. If they're pious activities, this will, after you leave the body, this will give you access to one of the higher heavenly planets, depending on what those pious activities have been, how much you've accumulated, what your desires are, etc. Well, that's kind of good so karma. So that will... Like charitable yeah. activities, good karma. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes, just... yes. And all done in connection with direction of scripture, not just making it up as I go. Oh, I think this is good. I think that is good. No, you are following the guidelines of the scripture. This is very important because a lot of people can say, well, I'm a good guy. I do good works. You know, I don't try to harm anybody and I want people to have a nice life and so on. See, but 
that's just me creating my my what I, criteria what I, for my activities. What I think is good then, yeah. Yeah. No, we're talking about pious activities are clearly defined as following the guidelines of Scripture. Mm. So according to what I do, this will give me entrance into one of these higher heavenly planets. And I will stay there and enjoy the celestial pleasures for as long as my accumulated pious activities last. But they're being exhausted all the time. I'm using up my good points, so to speak. You're harvesting and you're <laughs> reaping yeah. and the, I'm reaping the and good I'm fruits. Enjoying. <laughs> but it's diminishing the the good karma that I have that gave me access. So when that's used up, I come back down to the earth planet. Okay, so that's one journey, up and back to the earth planet. Yeah. Another one is I'm creating more and more impious activities. You know, it could be some kind of good charity work situation like you kind of mentioned, mm -hmm. to, you know, very evil and sinful. I mean, obviously just sinful activities. You know, and so that will be accumulated when I leave my body. That will give me entrance into one of the lower hellish planets where I will have to suffer accordingly. And there is one of the, it's called Mahajanas. And the Mahajanas, there's 12 Mahajanas in the universe. And they are like the 12 authorities of the Vedas. And one of those is a great devotee of the Lord known as Lord Yamaraj. Raj means king, Yama means, you know, the, the regulations, the rules, and so on. He's the, the Lord of conduct, so to speak. So when we leave our bodies, we have our karma, whatever we've done, yeah. good, bad, whatever. And if, you know, we have these sinful activities, we are taken to the court of Yamaraj, and then he gives us the next punishment or whatever. So, okay, this is what you have created for yourself. This is where you will be placed for X amount of time until you work off that karma. Yeah. The and then you've worked it off. Now you come back to the earth planet again, if that's what your karma dictates, it might be a few stages going from a few of these planets. It's very individual. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, you work off your bad karma, your sinful activities, and then you come back to Earth planet again. Get and so now you've got a chance to yeah. create good karma, go up, right. bad karma, go back down. Yeah. It's kind of like the prison system in, in the society <laughs> you know not all crimes produce the same punishment you know mm. if it's a petty theft that's one crime if it's murder that's another crime and therefore your punishment will be according and and and, and you, one can see it as a consequence one can see it just as a as a natural consequence of my action if i obviously if i create suffering for someone i have to there has to be a result from that and me receiving this is a talk about i mean we spoke about this in detail when we spoke about karma but okay. yeah that's just a natural 
and you can't blame the judge and like in yeah, in a civil exactly. court. You exactly. know, the judge is just saying, Okay, you did this. Yeah. You know, then the the law says you will get five to ten years in jail or lifetime in jail or whatever it is. You know, and if there's a capital punishment story, of course, in the <laughs> then, you know, that may be the result in a civil court. Mm -hmm. But, of course, in these courts of Yamaraj and, and the punishments, there's no capital punishment because you this is, you know, on the eternal, eternal soul life. level, and yeah. you, you can't kill the soul. But this makes sense. You see, this is all in keeping with love. You know, sometimes the father who loves his child dearly has to punish the child. Yeah. to teach them a lesson. I mean, he doesn't want to. I remember, you know, parents used to tell the kids, you know, I'm spanking you because of what you did, but it hurts me more than it does you. <laughs> you know, and of course, I never could understand. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm and, getting the pain, and, <laughs> and you're saying, "Poor you." I don't think it's hurting you; it's hurting my butt, you know. And we're not promoting but, that, uh, but but I, I, yeah, the point is still. Yeah, we're not promoting that, but the the example is there. Yeah, you know that God doesn't want to punish us. We create this. He tells us very clearly, like in in the scriptures, you know, don't do these things, you know. It's not good for you, and, and you live like this, and you'll have a very favorable material life. And then, of course, the Vedas take it beyond just going to heaven because that's what the karma yoga situation is all about. You know, Great. do a lot of good things to get good fruitive results, yeah. according to the scriptures always, of course, and enjoy heavenly pleasures for an extended period of time. So that's their goal of following their religious practices. And this is called, you know, their dharma. This is their rituals. Their, and the goal is the fruits. But, and I will enjoy. Uh, but that's kind of the same concept as, as the Christian heaven, isn't it? That sounds very similar. Well, yeah, because Christianity came from who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> came from Jesus. A great yeah. devotee of, of Krishna. So therefore, you know, the source of all this is absolutely correct. Yeah. But he, mm. you know, Jesus said, don't store up, you know, your, your goods, you know, your good works. You know, in the material world, go to the spiritual world. You know, your real reward is in heaven. You know, but he was talking about the spiritual world, not yeah. just the higher heavenly planets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, that, that's my point when I, you spoke about heaven and hell in the start, that it's all self-centered, uh, <laughs> you know? It's either I suffer, that's not good for me, or I enjoy in the heavenly planets. I enjoy all the pleasures, yeah. all the... Uh, that's the highest pleasure we know, I guess, because we can see the material yeah. pleasures of you know, sex life or food, or and then we think about heaven as being a place where we just go and full on on that and eternally. <laughs> and that's how it is. That's how it is. I see, yeah. In the heavenly planets. In the heavenly planets. All the sensual pleasures for all of the senses, the eyes, the ears, the nose, the tongue, the genital, yeah. are far beyond anything you can imagine. The food, the sex life, the beauty of the 
the the residents you know the women are beyond compare the the men are handsome and you know there's no covid there so, you know i mean so, people so, aren't getting sick and having to get vaccinated so, and and all those things so some of the listeners you know, and life is, yeah 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 and life is so long you know it's not like you know here 100 years max is basically the, the and there's no cancers and all those things you're full enjoying mode full all facility on go green light on all categories and you can really enjoy there but it's material enjoyment it doesn't satisfy the social just, need for spiritual love just gonna say i think i think someone listening to the podcast would now go like wow that sounds perfect let me go there <laughs> well, we gotta add it's temporary you come back down to earth planet and can you imagine coming back down here after being there Oh yeah. You know, wow. it'd be like being in Hawaii for you know two years and then going back to you know homeless life on the streets of Seattle or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean it's like <laughs> yeah. you know. So anyway, that's how really there's heaven and hell, you know. Yeah. In the material sense. Mm-hmm. Or let's not say in the material sense, in the material world. But the message of the Vedas is always, this is not good enough. Even the heavenly pleasures are temporary. They don't satisfy the soul's need for real spiritual love and and total satisfaction. See, So therefore, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, from the highest planet in the universe Hmm. to the lowest planet in the universe, All are places of misery of repeated birth and death. He's saying only the fools worship the demigods. This is another whole, you know, part of the religion of of the fruity worker to worship the demigods. This is another whole level of understanding. You know, there's a demigod on each planet and they're in charge of their planet. Hmm. So... If you want to go to the moon, there's a demigod of the moon, Chandra. Then you worship Chandra, and in the Vedas, it tells how he should be worshipped, you know, and on and on it goes. You become a devotee of Chandra, let's say, Mm. and carefully follow how he should be worshipped. Then when you leave your body, you you take birth on the moon. Mm. You can't go to the moon by a mechanical spacecraft. Because you're an earthling. If you go to the moon, let's just say that, you know, you go to the moon by mechanical means. You're still an earthling. You need the earth atmosphere. You need the earth food. So you got to take that with you. You've got to have your little space capsule and breathe earth air and eat, you know, what the earth body requires for its nutrition. And you've got earth vision. You can't even see what's there. You're very limited in your perception. Yeah, that's why yeah, they yeah. they go to the moon. They'll say, "Well, I don't see anybody." Right. Because you don't have the, the eyes the, to. The, yeah, the moon is invisible to the earth eyes. Hmm. You know, so but if you take birth there, you've got a moon body <laughs> with moon senses yeah. and moon awareness and moon relationships and 
you're a resident of the moon and you're enjoying because the moon is one of the heavenly planets. Okay? And people live so nice on the moon. See? Or any of the different planets. It doesn't matter which one. You know, we, you talk about it, it's the same concept. So all that information is in the Vedas and the fruitive worker will follow that and therefore he can take residence in one of these higher heavenly planets, Siddhaloka or whatever loka it is. Kanara Loka, Chana Loka, you know, the Apsaras, the, the Gandharvas, the heavenly musicians and, and the dancing ladies, they they have their planet and it's like unbelievable. But because materially of, speaking. Mm -hmm. But because the Vedas supply information for everyone to follow their desires and do the best uh, to the extent that they are ready for real, the real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But it's always told by the great teachers, whether it's Jesus or, you know, Krishna and Bhagavad Gita or all the great, you know, saints in our spiritual line, you know, the great Vaishnava Acharyas, that's not good enough. Yeah. You know, become a devotee of the Lord and go to the spiritual world, which is truly eternal, filled with pleasures, which make all the heavenly pleasures look like junk. <laughs> like, they don't even count. So there's so many different levels of perfection. <clears throat> Material perfection is not the goal at all, hmm. you see. So... That's how you should understand God's eternal love. You mm -hmm. get what you want, as you just read. If yeah. man proposes, God disposes. Yeah. Yeah. You probably got some more quotes. I do, I do. Because now from, from this point, we have, <laughs> we, we have a choice. And if we choose to cultivate certain qualities and certain, certain, if we do certain actions, then they will naturally bring us into a non-desirable condition. Uh, this says... Uh, Again, six, chapter 16 of Bhagavad Gita describes the demoniac qualities. And it says that, um, we can read uh, text 4 first, Arrogance, pride, anger, conceit, harshness, and ignorance. These qualities belong to those of demonic nature, O son of Pritha. And then Bhaktivedanta Swami is writing in his purport, <clears throat> In this verse, the royal road to hell is described. The demoniac want to make a show of religion and advancement in spiritual science, although they do not want to follow the principles. They are always arrogant or proud in possessing some type of education or so much wealth. They desire to be worshipped by others and demand respectability, although they do not command respect. Over trifles they become very angry and speak harshly, not gently. They do not know what should be done and what should not be done. They do everything whimsically according to their own desire and they do not recognize any authority. And, um, yeah, <laughs> we can... <laughs> yeah, see, everything according to their own whimsical desires. No authority. So that leads to hell, the royal road the royal to hell. Road to hell. It's described. And they may be dressed in royal paraphernalia, you know, and have all the royal, you know, goodies, you know, <laughs> but it's the royal road to hell. And the next life is huge suffering. People have no idea what they're creating for themselves. 
you know, by these demoniac activities, which are forbidden in the Vedas, they're creating so much suffering for themselves. And yet they just go after it like this is the best thing, you know. And they're promoting lifestyles that make it so people will suffer so much, you know. And, and they and, think, oh, it's just a fantasy. There's no hell. There's no, there's no afterlife. Whatever, whatever. And, and we're, we're, again, we're not saying this to scare people. We're saying this to give people the opportunity to make a decision. Because if you have the information and the correct understand you, you you have the correct understanding you can make a choice where to go and this is just this is how it is <laughs> right yeah yeah you know like just so many warnings from the governments the medical authorities and so on about yeah. certain activities we can do in this life that will create a lot of difficulty for smoking and they give you a full detail of how you're going to increase your chances of lung cancer by huge amounts and all kind of different heart problems, whatever, whatever. Or alcohol, you know, and the addictions and, you know, and, okay, wear your seatbelt because, you know, if you get in an accident, this is a great protection. And, you know, all kinds of different things to give you a choice. Yeah. You know, don't eat this kind of food. It's bad for your heart. It's bad for your liver. It's bad for this. Don't do this. It's bad for the environment. The environment is, you're dependent on it. If, you know, the environment goes down, you go down with it. I mean, there's all kind of warnings. So why is it that people are so adverse to, you know, these warnings that go far beyond just, you know, what's yeah, going to happen yeah. now in this life, this temporary few years, you know. But a lot of people, not well, more and more seemingly into smoking, have heard this message about the results of smoking, and they decide, I'm not going to do that. It's not worth the risk. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. not worth the risk. Yeah, exactly. That's basically the concept. So I could do it, but you there's know? a risk. And, yeah. Yeah. Is the pleasure worth the pain? Yeah. You know, do I really think it's worth getting cancer just to... Have yeah. that whatever pleasure from smoke. Yeah. So they make a, an intelligent decision because that's an intelligent decision. Right. Mm -hmm. They've heard both sides. Yeah. Maybe they've quit. They've already got the addiction. They quit smoking. So many people have quit smoking because they wanted to quit because it didn't taste good or whatever it does. I never smoke, so I don't know. You know, or is it because their intelligence makes it so they, wow, I'm going to quit smoking because that's not the best thing for me to do hmm. and i got a wife and i got kids and what if i die of lung cancer and you know nobody told talked about how pleasant it is to have lung cancer <laughs> but... so they make it so the students of the vedas if they take these vedas seriously <clears throat> can make an intelligent choice i'm not going to do this i'm going to follow a path trajectory of life that will give me certainly a better result you know yeah. and they start learning i'm spirit soul <clears throat> so whatever is good for my body doesn't necessarily mean it's good for me the spirit soul hmm? and so that's what we're saying apply the same concept of 
you know, the smoking example or whatever example, yeah. to your spiritual life. And, and, and just as in smoking, the, this is text 16, and you might have a difficulty of quitting because you're too attached to it, somehow enjoying it. And, and chapter, yeah, same chapter, text 16 says, thus perplexed by various anxieties and bound by a network of illusions, lose your happiness and all the worries and problems, one becomes too strongly attached to sense enjoyment and falls down into hell. So yeah, the whole concept of what we started with that looking at, I'm going to go to heaven, it's for me, I'm going to enjoy there and or I'm going to suffer in, in hell. It's that's all that self centeredness in itself. Like it's, it's a way to hell. If you're too strongly attached to sense enjoyment, you enjoying your senses, you fall down into hell. Exactly. So you need a process, you need a solution to take you away from being so self-centered, yeah. so self-serving, so arrogant, so I mean mine oriented, and move to a concept of somebody else. And it starts, <clears throat> we talked about this before, about maybe doing welfare work, charity work, if that's where you have to begin. So it's not so much about me, but about others. Yeah, and then just go beyond that till ultimately the Vedas say, "Serve God." You know, let God be the center of your life. You know, it starts usually with family and friends. You know, instead of just me and all about mm. myself, mm. I'm thinking about my wife and my children. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you kind of expand it to some friends and. More and more to, you know, larger groups of people and then maybe humanity in general. And then maybe you extend it to the animals and other things. And then gradually you can become more open to move into the highest level where God is the center. Mm. He's the root of the tree and you want to water the root. Understanding then all the leaves and branches, all the children of God and, and God's creation and so on will be benefited. Yeah. yeah. And so you've expanded your consciousness yeah. and your understanding, your intelligence has been, you know, <laughs> broadened. They say that, you, you know, know and, puri that. and purified. Yeah, they say that a lot, you know, expand your consciousness. I hear that a lot in the New Age, uh, you know, environment. But but that's true understanding yeah. of expanding your consciousness, what you just described. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a very simple process to understand if you just are open to any of these ideas. It's, mm. it's not difficult. Yeah. Not something cosmic that you can't understand it's just life in a scene in a different way yeah you know with with vision and and intelligence and knowledge and, and then you can still make your decisions yeah and 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 being aware of because this is another point that i wanted to to perhaps discuss just a little bit there are 
this is the text 21 in the same chapter the there are three gates leading to this hell and i think it refers to this in christianity as well or it does lust anger and greed every sane man should give these up for they lead to the degradation of the soul yeah and we talked about lust being described in Bhagavad Gita as a all-devouring sinful enemy of the world. Hmm. And uh, from lust comes anger. From anger and lust comes greed. Yeah. And they destroy you. They destroy you. Krishna says it right there. Yeah. I mean, this is the Lord speaking. He's just laying it out as it is. Yeah. <laughs> He's not forcing anybody to do anything. Yeah. He's just laying it out. So if you look at where the most where the most lust is, you'll find the most anger yeah. and the most greed. But, Bhaktivedanta described it as a royal road to hell. But to to understand that concept of lust, maybe you could describe a little bit what, what that is and what do you do to Get in that condition, and and there's and, and there's also getting back to what we described before a link here uh, to the proper perspective of seeing the devil. There's a truth behind that as well in connection to lust, and maybe you could. <laughs> well, lust is I want something for me. I want it to enjoy it. I want to consume it. I want to control it. I want to own it. It is mine. Whether it's another person, whether it's you know, money or all the things money can buy or position or fame and prestige. It's I am the Lord. And everything and everyone is for my enjoyment. This is lust. You know, and there's many different levels of that. You know, and the ultimate idea is it will satisfy me. Yeah. If I'm the number one person in the world, it will satisfy me. Yeah. Whatever. But it doesn't. So what happens? You get angry. You're angry now because you're not happy. You put all your efforts into being happy in this way, controlling people. Now you got it. You're not happy, so you're angry. And angry just pollutes everything more so. You know, and all of this is greedy. Because you're the sinner, so you, you're greedy, you want to get everything and give as little as possible or nothing, mm. you know. And it's all just so dark and just eats you from the inside. It, it covers your heart with a, a layer of steel that cannot be penetrated. Love has no place in such a heart, mm. you know. It, it's a heart full of lust, you know. And so love is... Now, the all-powerful all, all force has been transformed into lust. You know? Because that's an interesting point, is that the, the root is lust, uh, the root is love. The, the love is just turned upside down yeah. into lust. Yeah, it's transformed into... Yeah. The greatest friend, the greatest gift is transformed into the greatest enemy. So it's poison. It's, lust is poison. You know, from all angles and on all levels. And so as long as we have a philosophy of satisfying my senses will make me happy, the world is 
my domain to enjoy and I'm going to be happy in this way and that way. And I give it attached to it because it's all addictive. It's all, you know, very, very, you know, controlling, controls us. We mm. talked about that the other mm. day, like drugs or whatever, mm. as an example. Then, you know, we can't give it up, you know. No matter how good your philosophy may be, yeah, I know it's bad, but I can't not do it. You know, that's what Arjuna asked Krishna. What is it that makes me do things that I know are wrong? I know it's, I don't want to do it. It's against my will, but I have to do it anyway. I wind up doing it. Why? Lust, O oh Arjuna, which is born of contact with the mode of passion and is later transformed into wrath and is the all-devouring sinful enemy of the world. Lust is the enemy. So the more we fall under the grip of lust, the harder it is to get out. You know? So, you know, in a, at a normal, normal, <laughs> not the day's normal, but normal society, the whole society is geared toward staying away from that, keeping lust at bay, <laughs> you know, making it so from the beginning of life, love is the foundation and the relationships and the, the so on are based on love and coming from the supreme person and, you know, doing the will of the Lord, not because of fear, but because this is the best for everybody concerned. And everybody gets such rewards from this on a completely different level than sensual rewards that there's there's no addiction created. You know, like my father said, we've talked about this before, if you never start, you never have to quit. <laughs> you know, he was talking about alcohol and, and you know, addictive substances and so on. He said, if you never start, you never have to quit. So in a society that was founded on truth and understanding, you wouldn't even start these things. You wouldn't even get sucked into this. <laughs> so you wouldn't have to struggle to get out. Yeah. You know? And that's that's the Vedic system. Yeah. But we're not in that society. We're mm. in the other society. Yeah. That's so now we need something so powerful and so strong that it can lift us out of this ocean of material misery. Mm. And that's bhakti yoga. It is stronger because it is no different than the Lord himself. And so nothing can be more powerful than the Lord. He's all powerful. That's one of his transcendental qualities. Yeah. And so therefore, if we can somehow connect with this all-powerful source of strength and protection and shelter and upliftment, then we can overcome all of these adversities. Yeah. Lust has no strength in the presence of the Lord. So therefore, the holy names, like we always say, chant yeah. the holy names, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. you know, Gain this knowledge, apply this knowledge, use your intelligence to see this is superior information, you see, and apply it to your life. Mm -hmm. And associate with people. We talked about that last week. No. No. And 
so so there is there is also there is obviously then planets hellish planets there is a possibility of going of, of going downward and, and experiencing that uh there but there's another side to it that is when you are you can already be in a hellish experience you can already be in hell right here and now in your consciousness so it's not just a foreign place that we'll go to at the end of this life you know we're thinking that then i'm gonna be punished or you know i'm gonna reap the consequences of my but it's not even in in our consciousness externally you know, people are suffering all over the planet right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have see. been. I mean, yeah. hell is in, in your house. Hell is in your medical condition. Hell is in your, you know, country you live in where there's war. Or, <laughs> you know, hell is in your depression. Or hell is in your, you know, addictions. Or Many people are in hell, you know, every day. And they feel like that. This is hell. Yeah. Old age is hell. Yeah. You know, that's one of the realities of old age. It's hellish. It's not fun. You know, and being and, and after you so die. If you wanted the if you want the broadest, I mean the absolute broadest definition of hell, hell is when you're separated from God. You're separated from that loving relationship. You're missing out on the most nourishing, fulfilling source of happiness and pleasure and happiness or, or, or bliss of life. And if you're separated from that, that's hell. So even in the hellish, I mean, excuse me, even in the heavenly planets, it's hellish <laughs> for those who are missing that loving relationship. Yeah. So that's why it's described from the highest planet to the lowest. All are places of misery, hell. See, Krishna describes that. Wow. So, you can be in the most hellish situation, materially speaking, but be in heaven with that loving relationship with the Lord. That's the real. So, heaven on earth is a reality. Yeah. yeah. Heaven on earth, that's what you've made for me. <laughs> da -da -da. Because I love you, you've turned my life into a world of joy and love and fulfillment, you know. Yeah. So hell it can be hell is where God is not and heaven is where God is. And wherever you are, if you are connected in that way, you are not in hell, so to speak. Yeah. So those are the ideas like time is up. But, uh, yeah, I guess we're Time to we, time uh, to end, but anyway. So if you, <laughs> the the point was we can you, touch you can. on some of these things maybe in future. Podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you are connected in that loving relationship, wherever you are, however the circumstance, you will, you will be, you will be fine. You will, <laughs> and the easiest way, the best way, the most simple way to do that is, like you said, in connection with that source of strength, the source of love, the source of real pleasure which is in yeah. the mantras yeah Transcendental right sound okay so yeah the hour flies very quickly <laughs> yes <laughs> it does let us do our goranga haribo
Thanks, thank, well, anyone listening now, thanks for, for staying up till this point. Thanks for the <laughs> sincerity yeah. to, to listen and, and appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Mm. Thanks for being with us. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see you next podcast. We will. We will. Moving mm. forward. <laughs> All right. Thanks. If you got any uh, questions and so on, you can send them. In and yeah. you know, we'll entertain them either to answer you or address it on another podcast. Yeah, we we yeah. didn't we we didn't you know there are always you know, there are always threads. like we didn't discuss so much about the devil in the end. But maybe if someone's interested in learning more about that, we can. <laughs> I, I don't know. We can have another podcast on the devil. <laughs> <We're just laughs> full of interesting episodes. There. Hell, the devil. <laughs> One more. <laughs> reality is reality, man. The material world is not always roses. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, everybody, I got to run. We'll see everybody next week or next time. Yes, thank you, Malakim. Thank you. Namaste, Adibo. Thank <laughs> you, Ruben. Namaste. Adibo. So that's the end for today, but we're hoping that we'll see you soon again. And uh, we, uh, ins you know, it's very nice if you'd like to click subscribe wherever you're listening. And uh, if you'd like to receive email updates, you can go to our website, breakingtrail.live, to do that. And if you'd like to somehow contribute to the project to help us spread this to more people, then, well, first of all, do share it with your friends and tell them about us. And you can also make small mini monthly donations via Patreon. So that is what we have for you today. Please send us any questions, concerns, thoughts that you have, and we'd be delighted and very happy to, to receive those and answer those for you in the upcoming episodes. So remember now to stay true to yourself and dare to break trails.